to a podcast greater than yourself, season four. Do you have an idea for an episode or a question about sobriety, spirituality, 12 steps, or sponsorship? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself or doctor underscore silkworth. When I told that friend of ours, pick a fake name for the show, and he came on and said, I'm going to be Senator Ted C. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> I, it was like, haha, we were all just like, eh, funny. And then somehow every every other person was like, here's this really cool niche AA thing for my fake name. And then since then, it's so funny because since then there's this thing established where people are like, I got to figure out a, like an AA name. And then I'm just like, but do you? The first guy chose a, a really controversial senator. Like, I don't know that you have to choose an AA thing. And then people really thought that it was that senator, right? Like, weren't you getting mail? I have gotten multiple pieces of correspondence from yeah different people who are like, is that really him? Which God bless them. I'm, I'm not. I'm not shaming these people. I, it's confusing, but you know, <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, but um, I'm one of those people who will like be watching a TV show, and I'll be like, "Oh, that cartoon pig is Mark McGrath," or you know what I mean, or whatever. <laughs> like I know voices, you know, but I'm like, I don't know. I and I've had people in. Oh, this is so. Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable to even talk about. It. I've had people in AA meetings be like i know i know who you are oh and i'm like so incredibly uncomfortable you know but like but then i've had other people where they're like well i can't tell you and fred apart at all (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm like okay so there's definitely there's definitely a spectrum as to voice recognition with strangers so on that note uh welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself I am John Bartleby Barleycorn. <laughs> and I'm Sylvia. And today, our guest for this burning desire is our friend Jane D. Welcome, Jane. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Hell yes. What do you got for us today? Uh, I'm going to tell you a story about my first meeting because I think you'll like it. Oh, I already love it. Okay, so a um, little bit of background about me just to make it more, make more sense. Um, basically, I just grew up in a family of like alcoholics, like fucking everybody was an alcoholic. And I think, you know, I could it would be a shorter list of like the people who weren't alcoholics in my family. Um, and so I, I kind of saw every outcome. I saw them drink themselves to death. I saw them move from one city to another and constantly burn their lives down. I saw them, um, you know, disappear into the bedroom and let the children handle everything. And I saw a couple of them get Jesus and get sober, but here's the thing. They were not happy people. Like my grandfather, 20 years sober by the time I was seven and, um, fucking miserable Southern Baptist minister. I, I don't know what version of Jesus that man believed in, but, um, he scared the hell out of me. 
And, um, you know, my family, they kind of like warned me about it. Um, but they weren't very specific. They were just like, yeah, alcoholism is a thing in our family. So watch out mm-hmm. and, um, don't have it. If you do good luck, <laughs> don't, have um, it. don't have it. That's what <laughs> Yeah, just don't be an alcoholic. That's going to be like the next generation of like sober influencer tattoo. (laughs) Don't have it. (laughs) In like pretty pretty script down your forearm. Right. Just don't be an alcoholic. Um, So yeah, it probably took me longer to go to my first meeting than it should have because um, I would like think about my grandfather and I assume that he had been to AA and I assume that's what AA did to people, like that you got Jesus and that you're really angry and brittle about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, you know, pretty desperate, but I did some research beforehand because I was thinking like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, half-ass it on step two and nobody will know. And then I'll just do the rest of the steps and it'll be fine. Um, and then I actually read the steps and I was like, shit, you really can't wiggle out of the God thing. So then I went to a secular meeting and that was my first meeting. Mm-hmm. So it was a Zoom meeting and um you know it was like mostly people with like a zillion years of sobriety who were just like there for fun to like talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, it was me. I was like the only newcomer there. And you know, I like introduced myself and I told them I had 3 days and they were like congratulations and I was like go fuck yourself like you do at your first meeting. And then um <laughs> They were reading from like the sober daily reflections or something like that. And the topic was like reasons to stay sober. And um, the guy chairing this meeting, like bless his heart. I don't know how he did this, but he was calm through the whole meeting. And it was like, it was not an easy meeting to chair because these people did not want to talk about sobriety at all. (laughs) It was like Dale would chair and he would be like ranting about Trump and, um, Catherine would like interrupt people while they were sharing and like talk about her cats. (laughs) Um, But this guy chairing the meeting, he would just like calmly interrupt them. He would be like, Hey, that's not what we're here for tonight. Um, You know, please keep your shares sobriety related. Dale, we'll hear about your politics at fellowship. (laughs) Catherine, you'll get three minutes uh, when it's your turn. Just put your hand up if you want to speak. And for me, like watching this, this was like watching a fucking magic trick. Like this man was pulling rabbits out of hats. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never seen an alcoholic behave like a sane, rational person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But also like for myself, like I had always wanted to be this person who could calmly confront people, not get upset and also be effective. Like these people were paying attention to this guy. Dale was like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. And like, stop talking about Trump. Um, so, oh, and then it was like my turn to share. And I said something like, I don't want to die. <laughs> right. Like you at your first meeting. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, we can laugh about it now. Of course. Um, so then, you know, after the meeting, he drops his number in the chat. And um, he's like, call me anytime. Like, you're a newcomer. You're supposed to get numbers. And here's your first one. If you have any questions about the program, like, let me know. And I called him just because, like, I was impressed with what I had seen. I was like, I mean, I this is what the program can do for people, like, turn them into sane, rational adults. Like, okay, this guy knows something that the other people at that meeting didn't know. So I called him, and, um, you know, he told me a little bit about himself. He told me that he'd been on that, like, downward spiral of cocaine and alcohol, which, like, 
I've never done cocaine. I'm one of those boring people who just drank. But um, <laughs> um, I've seen people go on the downward spiral of cocaine and alcohol, and they are not sane, rational, <laughs> assertive <laughs> people. <laughs> like the suffering that man must have been feeling when he came into AA, first of all, the suffering he had caused the people around him. Like he didn't have to tell me, right? Like you just say cocaine and alcohol. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Um, so then I'm really impressed. I'm like, I will listen to anything this guy tells me. Um, because I'm just like the difference between like the person that he was and the person he is now. So I said like, yeah, so this was a secular meeting. You did like, what is there like an atheist version of the steps? And he was like, Oh no, I'm not an atheist. (laughs) He said, um, I just chair this meeting because my sponsor wanted me to do service. Um, and this was my first meeting because I was like you. I just uh, didn't want to do the God stuff. And um, But, you know, these people in this meeting aren't going to help you. He was like, they're not going to challenge you. <laughs> he said, if you, if you want to get better, you need to be challenged. And um, the God stuff is what's going to challenge you. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do the Jesus thing. He's like, no, you don't have just keep an open mind about it. Um, yeah and the only reason i listened about you know keeping an open mind about the god stuff was because i had just been so impressed with what i had seen um and the other thing he said was look for the people who are going to challenge you because those are people who are going to help you get better Mm. um so i have a reading because i hear that you guys are into that here yes (laughs) what book is this this is um this is a book called alcoholics anonymous Awesome. I don't know. Love it. Blue cover. Yeah. Um, Bottom of page 18. Mm. Uh, This is from there as a solution. The man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty. He obviously knows what he is talking about. His whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. He has no attitude of holier than thou. Nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful. There are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. And that was what I got at my first meeting, completely by accident, because I went to a secular meeting hoping to avoid that. And then this guy just walks up to me and he's like, hey, you dropped this. (laughs) It's the God stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, here's my question looking back on this. I'm like, so what kind of service position was he doing? Did he and his sponsor get together and be like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to secular meetings. We're going to find newcomers. And we're going to be like, don't come back to this meeting. Like, <laughs> I mean, anyway, that's my story. It definitely sounds like doing a, a, a worthy service. <laughs> I love that story. Yes. I love it. And I've never heard anyone talk about like that specific thing like what you saw in that man like oh he's behaving sanely and rationally i don't know if he's followed the steps i don't know anything about this guy but if he was living that way and now he can do this he knows something that i want to know about like right that's so cool and then i love that he was like yeah don't come back here (laughs) (laughs) these people will not help you yeah (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me of there's a, a Zoom meeting that I used to do out of New York for a long time. I did that. Um, and it was like 
ground zero of like take a step a month, take a step a year, you know, don't microwave your sobriety, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you want crock pot sobriety. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the... I, don't, I have no, an air fryer. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Like nobody, nobody ever stipulated how I should be cooking my sobriety. They just said, don't microwave your sobriety. They would say that to people. I've um, never heard that one. But my reaction to that would be like, well, I'm a single mom with a full-time job. Like, sometimes you need a microwave. I don't have fucking time for that crockpot shit. <laughs> no shit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just the same old story of like, what's being missed here is Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> like that. What we're leaving out is the actual book and program. Like, you know, nobody in the book is is uh, slow roasting their surprise. Like again, I don't know. I don't know what mechanism of cooking we're talking about if it's not microwaved. But um, I love that. Uh, I love that you read from page eighteen. Um, my question would be, how many times do you think the first approach that is affected when someone comes to AA registers even 70% with what you just read off of page 18 and 19? Like how, how many of those initial approaches that newcomers are receiving from AA members looks like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. I think I just ran into that guy because I got lucky, you know, because um, <laughs> I met another woman, like, you know, the same the same week at like another beginners meeting. And she just kind of like, you know, she gave me her number and I called her after and she just like blasted me with a bunch of crazy stuff. <laughs> I was like, right. OK. And she's like, so if you're looking for a sponsor, I was like, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> we she stopped me and she was like okay i have a serious question to ask you i was like okay she was like will you do 90 meetings in 90 days and i was about to say like yeah my therapist told me to do that so i guess i'll just do but she like cut me off and she was like no i want you to really think about it i'm gonna give you a few days and then you call me and you tell me if you're ready to do 90 meetings in 90 days you know that was i got a lot of approaches like that yeah but um the thing is, though, about the guy I met at the, the secular meeting was that I don't think he knew what it was that I was reacting to. Like, mm -hmm. he couldn't possibly have known he was doing something that you can't really fake. He had, like, right. done the work and um, it showed. And, um, you know, you can't pretend to have that if you don't have it. Right. I, I think about a dude I... I guess I still sponsor him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hear from him every like six months or something, but um, because I I moved several states away from where we we met. Um, the thing that it makes me think of is sitting in meetings uh, after he initially recovered and hearing him talk about his sponsor. And what he saw in his sponsor and how his sponsor was like this calm person who could, you know, sit in the chaos of like a weird AA meeting and just like 
present their experience and present like these directions and talk about how this is like something they're available to help anybody with and and that he could see in this person that they like there was some thing at work in them and this solution that they had gotten and that they didn't expect anything from him and all this stuff and that and that there was this group of people his sponsor included who were just like that and just had that thing and hearing him talk about that in meetings was um because i think i had like i don't know a year and a half when i met him something like that so that was really the first time in meetings where i heard someone describing me and i was like oh shit like you know what i mean um, in the book, there's that line where it says like often the family and friends, of a new man will notice changes in him before he does. Um, I was just doing the thing. Like I'm just doing the spiritual practice. And part of that is like, I'm just going to go and seek out people to help introduce this thing to. And to hear someone unsolicited, like discuss like what they see in me, that was a new thing. And shocking because no one had ever described me anywhere <laughs> near like in those terms you know i'm like uh like brash idiotic idiotic loud mouth you know what i mean like or i i remember there's actually one time um uh, uh i was in a band we did this interview and when the interview came out the article um the guy, I guess I made a nice impression on this guy who was interviewing us, <laughs> but the guy, um, it said, uh, it said like, uh, lead singer, songwriter, and guitarist slash overall nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I remember like, like really thinking that was funny. Yeah. Because I was just like, bro, you do not know me. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, to to hear someone talk about seeing that in someone and like you know from your perspective now it's like i don't what you said is beautiful i don't think that he knew what i was seeing because it wasn't like here's how i want to try to be it was yeah. just like i'm here to do this work you know it's awesome I, I love that in both of your experiences like the calamity being endured is an AA meeting. <laughs> if they handle those conditions and meet that calamity with serenity, like, I want to know them. I want their secret. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's why it's so interesting to me to ask the question about how many people do you think are being approached in anything that resembles that man whose whole deportment shouts he has a solution um you know no grudges no axe grinding no expectations like nothing required of you literally i'm just coming and saying like in plain human terms hey how are you how's it how, how's it going i saw that you're new you know here's here's actually what we do here is that you know are you interested in recovery like, okay, no. Okay, cool. Take care. Here's my number. You can call me if you want. Um, me today, 
me and you could leave this room and go to a meeting and not say a word to anyone and just like have some random person come up and tell us how to live our life. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what my grandfather did. You know, mm-hmm. he would be happy to tell you how to live your life. Um, and I really dreaded coming to A because I thought they were going to make me be that person. Mm. Um, it was a huge relief that that wasn't true. So would he be shocked to hear how you described him? Like, did he feel like things were going well? And you're like, man, he was miserable. Mm. I don't know. I think he must have known on some level that he was a deeply unhappy person. And like, you know, if I brought it up, my grandmother would just be like, you should have seen him when he was drinking. Like, you don't know how easy you have it. So (laughs) um, nobody wanted to touch that issue. They were like, "Uh, if he's not drinking, we're just going to leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Right. There's somebody in my family orbit like this. Where it's like, you know, any, any given moment would just turn the conversation into, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been clean 30 years and it's just like, dude, you were like <laughs> abrasive and <laughs> like profoundly <laughs> selfish and like harmful to everyone around you. And it's just like, okay, cool. I don't, and a lot of what comes to my mind with that is the the stuff that it talks about in tradition 11 tradition 12 about like being a guardian of the fellowship and you know not wearing specifically my aa membership on my sleeve uh, because sometimes my the way that i come across is not that way sometimes i am abrasive and you know my character defects my fears are driving me and i act like a dick and like I, the, the place of a lack of consideration, fear and anger and like bitterness that I come from, I know personally for me, when I would see people and I'd see their little AA symbol on their car or their little stupid AA bumper sticker and they were driving like an asshole, I'd be like, yeah, fuck that. Fuck AA. Those people suck. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you're not being a guardian of the fellowship when you're publicly associating yourself with AA because you're a human, you're fallible. Um, and I guess that's not specifically the case with him though, because he was just Martha. I've got religion. It was like (laughs) that kind of thing. right? Exactly. And you know, I actually don't know if he went to AA. It's possible that he, um, heard about it and then was like, Oh, get Jesus. I can do that. Or, you know, maybe he went and he got to step three and was like, cool, I'm done. Right. Bye guys. Cause like the tools that you get in the rest of the steps is like instructions on how not to be that person. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for the benefit of the listeners, what does that look like for you today? What is, sorry. What does what look like for me today? Well, we just heard a good story of what it looked like in your first meeting. Like what is mm-hmm. all this look like for you today? This AA thing. Um, I found a group that I like because it's full of alcoholics who are miserable. Um, and I, I go every week or every other week whenever I can, um, so that I can put my hand up and share about the solution. And, um, that's kind of all I can do. Like I had these broad dreams about like bringing them the message. Um, cause it's one of those like fellowshipy places but so far I've just written a lot of inventory and 
except that I'm probably not going to do any good. But really, like when I think back to my first meeting, what that guy did was he showed up, he, you know, did service and then he talked to a newcomer. So you kind of don't really need to dream any bigger than that. Mm. That's awesome. I really like that. Hell yeah. That's what we do. I think the the thing that a lot of people we talked about this yesterday the thing that a lot of people um, fall into to one degree or another when they come from kind of like the fellowship stuff and then find the solution go through that work and have their own experience with it and they they get attached to this thing um, they kind of can't help but be like I really need to go back in there and like fix these people, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, or like save them or whatever. Um, yeah. And no, I think especially like does if, that. I don't think it's. Yeah. And if you were the person like constantly like resetting your day count and suffering mm-hmm. and nobody helped you, like it's hard not to like, I don't know. It's kind of selfish though, right? Because in a way, you're kind of trying to go back in time and save yourself, mm. which. You don't need help anymore. You're fine. You're supposed to be helping other people. Um, And to be clear, I think what you meant was like you had broader dreams for that meeting, but you find newcomers and other people that do want a solution in other places. You do work with others. um, And yeah, 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 I think it's the it's the same truth for all of us whether we're gonna admit it or not or whether we see it right now or not or ever see it but the truth is that we are not going to change aa we like fellowship aa we are going to help one person at a time um and those people will help other people it's the same thing in chapter 11 when they talk about this is how God's going to help you create this fellowship you crave. You're going to help people recover. They're going to help people recover. That's just how it's going to go. Might be in that group, might be in other places, but I think a lot of us do end up with that tendency to want to go rescue or fix or whatever some specific group or some specific fellowship even like i need to fix drug addicts anonymous or cocaine anonymous or you know um a a big lofty idea that really just boils down to uh oh yeah i'm not god (laughs) like like, (laughs) that's not where i'm needed you know yeah again that's that's about you that's about like your fantasy of being somebody who saves people and if you're you're going in there and making it about you you're not going to help anybody so yeah right yeah awesome good stuff desire burnt (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys put that one out in the ashtray i love that also people (laughs) like recognize your recovery you know you got to hear someone say what they saw in you like as their like me specifically yeah Yeah. like that's really cool because it made me think about when i first saw my mom i don't know if i if i could say that i was like well but i definitely looked human again Mm. and she was like oh my god are you seeing someone (laughs) (laughs) you know i was wearing like real clothes you must be in love probably had makeup like 
Oh my love god, it. are you in a codependent relationship? <laughs> this is so great for you. you know, I love that journey for you. <laughs> I've been getting that a lot too. But I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, you just have this glow about you. I'm like, I don't know. I took a shower and put clean clothes yeah. on. I yeah. wasn't really doing that a year ago. So. <laughs> You're like, uh, Martha, I got Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, stand outside of abortion clinics now and throw rocks at people. <laughs> That's the glow. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I think we leave that in. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's funny. if you've listened to the podcast long enough, uh, like more than one episode. I, I think that's a pretty tame joke. <laughs> oh man, awesome! Thank you so much. Whatever your fake name was, I really appreciate it. Jane. Jane D. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I don't know, know people's names. I, I just this is this is day three in a row of us doing this, so I'm a little I'm a little loopy, but this was awesome. So good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. thanks for having me. That was fun. This has been a podcast greater than yourself. A podcast greater than yourself was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.